Initial reactions to the Resurrection episode number three, entitled Two Rivers, along with comments and questions live from the fans, coming up next. Welcome to Resurrection Reveal. This is Resurrection Revealed, the unofficial podcast and blog. It's by fans and for fans like you with theories and talk all about ABC's Resurrection. This is episode number seven, recorded live March 23rd, 2014. And with you tonight, I'm the original Wayne Henderson, not a carbon copy. Truly, I am the voice acting podcasting Green Bay Packers fan. And I'm Troy Heinrichs, here always trying to find a way to dig myself out of a hole with you this evening. Welcome to everyone joining us live as we discuss this fantastic third episode, technically the first one that Wayne and I have actually gotten to watch live with the fans since we did get the screeners for the first two. Show notes for this episode can be found at resurrectionrevealed.com slash seven. And of course, you know, coffinitis or coffin phobia, whatever, casket phobia still continues. There's a pill for that, uh, Troy. I'm going to need one because they're talking over him like he's in the coffin. Of course, then they still don't show you and confirm it. So the real question I have is, is really dust to dust? And all that was left was the shirt. That's a good point because maybe because it was a child that was involved that they didn't really just show us. And it's been uh, what, what, like 30 something years. So, yeah. I don't know how far uh, decomposition goes and how quickly, but uh, it doesn't matter. They are under the belief that uh, that is Jacob's body, and I'm, I'm going to go with it. And that opens up a whole new can of worms. It was definitely his shirt because the tags do look like they matched, even though it was 32 years later. So the tag was a little faded. But it's interesting that uh, the theories have got to be spinning all over the world right now trying to figure this out because... Same shirt, and now we magically have a, you know, our, K, our Jacob returns with that same shirt on. And, of course, it's still in the condition it was in when he had died. Well, I thought the really great conversation that started out this evening was, of course, the one between Bellamy and Maggie when Bellamy was like, well, you said if his body was in there that you'd have an answer or belief. And she's like, yeah, I still don't know what to believe. <laughs> Yeah, it gets very confusing, and uh, I, I I was blown away by this episode. It had gut-wrenching moments, mind-blowing moments, and some moments where I was like, uh-oh, something's going to jump out, and something bad's going to happen at any moment. Yeah, and of course, then you have people with crackpot theories, even in the show themselves, because good old brother Ray, you know, UFOs, they're flying all around. Now... That was surprising that that was going to be the theory that Ray goes with. But you know what his uh, his sister Elaine has to say about that whole thing? I don't. I can't handle one of your theories right now. It's confusing enough as it is. So Ray has all sorts of theories. His sister doesn't want to hear any theories right now. It's so confusing. Well, I thought this was great by the writers to throw this in. It really harkens back again to Lost where... The fans are all talking and buzzing and everything, and they're pushing information out. And the show writers are like, you know, grabbing the stuff and then throwing it back into the show mm-hmm. just so that throw people off the track. You know, so if it's going to be aliens at the end of the episode, is this the red herring? You know, that they're trying to throw it in early so that you don't think aliens, or is it going to be something long term? I-, I-, I thought it was just really great that 
it was creepy though right before the commercial because ray was like i know who he really is and i was like well where's this going and then it's like oh dude it's aliens a plane crash it wasn't a plane it was a ufo i'm like oh that just it was like such a high and such a low all in like five minutes and of course uh neil in the chat room is suspecting could it be satan is the he that he knows that he caleb is well that one lady at the church i mean she was all about it like you know Hey, you know, we just got to believe in God that God, you know, gave us a miracle. That's what Pastor Tom was saying. And then she was like, yeah, is it really God that sent these people back? So who knows? Anything from the beyond is mysterious. Or if it even is people that have come back. And, you know, anytime you have a, a church that's trying to restrict people from coming in, that is not a good precedent precedent at all that's going to cause some problems my big question is why are the returned so dang hungry i know cleared out the whole fridge wow i mean i myself would love to have maybe one two three at the most of those sloppy joes that they were talking about but no more than three well i'd like to talk a little bit about kind of the two big powerful episode or scenes this evening or technically there were three i guess right so let's start with Let's start with Sheriff Frank, and clearly he has a drinking problem because he's now going to random bars because it, it seemed like the bar was not in Arcadia. He went to another town, maybe, because he said that um, you know, it had been a while since he had been there. Is that the same thing you understood it to be? I don't know. I think he might be right in the area, that small town, because it's an industrial town. Maybe it has more than a few bars. But Uncle Fred Langston, you know, having alcohol-induced true confessions discussions quite loudly with the local bartender is not a good thing, especially after the other people uh, move along. And guess who's sitting at the bar, Troy? Well, and that's what I was trying to figure out this evening was, did everybody in the bar know exactly who he was talking about? Or were they just kind of like the dude, this guy is crazy, you know, and I don't want to sit anywhere near him and I want to get the heck out of here. <laughs> but of course, good old Ned Bellamy just sitting at the end of the bar waiting for his chicken wings. <laughs> well, what else are you going to wait for? I get the feeling that in a town of that size, the rumors were probably pretty rampant. But then again, not rampant, rampant enough that Fred himself learned the truth until this many, what, a decade or so, 30 years later, hearing it from his brother. But I think some of those people at the bar may have known who it was he was talking about. And uh, he kind of made a threat without spelling out the entire threat that if he ever sees that guy again. Yeah, that was the one that thing that was really interesting because he's like, I wouldn't actually do it because of my daughter. But even though I'm got the gun in my pocket, you know, if I saw him face to face, I probably would go through with it. So he's having this internal struggle amongst his own self. And I think because of that, something bad's going to happen to fred in the long run just because he can't make up that decision in his mind yeah and i feel for the guy i mean it would be terrible to find out news like that three decades later or anytime later and then to hear it from your brother and then all of a sudden you know you mix in all the drama of these people supposedly coming back from the dead it's got to be a lot of stress going on now kathleen kelly in the chat room she she actually has a really good reasoning behind why um, the bald-headed man, Sam, we said his name was Sam. If you guys listened to the full episode this past Thursday, Sam Catlin, he's actually at the end of the bar because Kathleen says he's actually bringing takeout home to Aunt Barbara. Oh, snap. We still don't know who's in the house with him. I've been hearing a lot of uh, the, the rumors where people think that that's who it's going to be. 
But then again, they could lay a whole nother bombshell on us. Well, let's then move over to Fred and Jacob. You know, I think this was like one of those like shock moments of this evening when he's like, yeah, let's play like cops and robbers like we used to, but only if, you know, you could, I could be the robber. And they said it at the same time, total goosebumps at that scene. Cause I think Fred goes, whoa, maybe you are Jacob. And he's like, sure, let's go play. And then of course, Fred asks the question again, all the fans asked, did Barbara get pushed in? And Jacob's like, no, no, no. He was trying to save her. But then Jacob also kind of runs off at the last minute, almost like he knows something else and wasn't willing to share it. Well, with Fred asking him that very strange question, I mean, who asks a, what, eight, nine, ten-year-old, what are you? Not who are you, but what are you? Oh, see, I didn't even catch that. I'll have to watch it again. We'll have to talk about that some on our full episode later on this week. Yeah, I didn't catch the what versus the who. That's interesting. Or else I'm hearing things. <laughs> I will watch it again to make sure. <laughs> Someone was whistling while you were actually watching the show. I think that was the issue. I am so creeped out by whistling. I This whistle while you work? Nope, 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 nope. Okay, we have confirmation from the chat room. Neil says it was what? So that is that's different, right? Especially after Fred had... That's actually really interesting because if you think that they were having this conversation and he kind of has that kind of Henry reaction of, Oh my gosh, you know, you might be who you say you are moment, but then still calls him a what, you know, I think that's really telling. And the fact that Fred was, you know, in the first episode and as well as part of the second episode, Fred was the most adamant that, uh, this is not Jacob. These are not the people. And, even more so than his brother was. And now, like you said, he, you could tell he was starting to get a feel for it. Like this kid, he knows too much. And the memories are so fresh to him about the games they used to play. Switch that to the memories that, you know, his dad is feeling right. Henry. And every time that Jacob gets close to Henry, Henry's having one of these kind of violent, what do you call it? Arthritic reactions in his hand. And I don't know if it was like stress induced or, if it was proximity induced at first. And then of course, Maggie and him check it out and says, the last time your chart says this happened to you was when, you know, Jacob died and you were dealing with the post-traumatic stress of the after, um, after the death. So what we're really seeing is him reacting to his memories, not to the current Jacob that's in front of him. I'm not sure what's going on there. I think, I mean, it's so severe it's got to be some sort of a clue, but to what I'm not positive about, but maybe, I don't know. It's just for him to get such terrible reactions. It's just incredible. Well, I think that the clue came when he sat down on the porch after talking to Maggie with his wife, Lucille, right? Francis Fisher and Kurtwood Smith in this scene this evening. I mean, talk about box of tissues. I was tearing up as he's like talking about it, you know, and, he just says, well, you know, the reason why I can't accept Jacob as my son, this Jacob, is because I haven't let go of my Jacob, the one that you carried in your womb, you know, and just having him go through that internal struggle and just seeing this emotional weight on his shoulders was just so powerful. And then have Lucille come back and say, you know, why can't we have both? Why can't, you know, why does it have to be two? Why can't this just be quote unquote, the replacement, if you will. And that really doesn't seem to sit well with either one of them. So the question is, is, is Jacob now causing some internal strife in that relationship? 
Oh, he's got to be of some sort. And I agree with you totally. I feel so bad for Mr. and Mrs. Langston through all this, the, all the emotional issues. Things are really starting to hit. And although Mrs. Langston, you know, totally wants to bring him in, you know, there is a little bit of strife there. But at the same time, she made a good point to her husband. You know, if this was just any old kid off the street, you would be treating him better than this particular kid that may or may not be some form of Jacob. And the other thing that Kathleen in our chat room said this evening, uh, she brought up the fact that it seems very interesting that Elaine and Lucille, the women of the town, seem to be very receptive and very open to these people coming back, maybe stave the lady at the church. But the men, Ray and Henry, those guys seem to have a little bit more of an issue accepting the returned. So, you know, is it because women feel more than men do? And that's why the feelings are coming over versus the thinking. And that's why you have this gender split. Or, or is there more behind this at the end of the day? I think it's too early to tell. It is definitely split kind of along those lines right now. But the fact that it's only been, you know, a few people on each side of the issue, it may not be as widespread. I think our good buddy, Agent Bellamy, he's the one that's, uh, for the most part, level-headed one. And he's trying to go about it kind of in a scientific manner, you know, and just kind of like, look, there's something going on and we're going to get to the bottom of it. And he's just trying to keep everything kind of calm. But I do like how he laid down the law to Caleb or whoever this guy is that's representing Caleb, letting him know, look, if I ever see you near Jacob again, it's not going to end well for you. This is true. And he also shared a little bit about his past. So he said he was a cop in a former life. So obviously there was probably a situation, internal affairs, something bad happened with a bust that probably got him his desk job over at ICE. So we'll have to see how that plays out a little bit. Yeah, I definitely want to hear listeners calling in with their thoughts and theories. We'd love to hear the dulcet tones of your voice. So give us a call at area code 904 469-7469 or just go to resurrectionrevealed.com slash feedback and leave your feedback right through the website. There's a speak pipe widget on the right hand side or in the sidebar. You can record your voice. It'll even work right off of your smartphone. Gives you great sound quality. We'll get that. It kind of records kind of loudly. So talk kind of soft when you record those, but send it in. We want to share it on the full episode because the thoughts and theories that people are coming up with already show that I need to expand my mind and hear what the listeners are saying. Well, I felt like Michelle and Tara and Aaron were calling out to me this evening because I had to river theory right away. And then here's Maggie going down, trying to get a drink of water. And then, oh, no, she's really not. She's getting just a water sample because they said they spread Caleb's ashes here. So is the river bringing people back to life? So I thought that was a throwout right to me because I had that river theory, I think, before we even started recording episode two of the podcast. So we'll have to see if that does come into play. I mean, the episode was titled Two Rivers. And I wonder, because I never really saw a second river. So does the Two Rivers episode title have more meaning behind it? I think it probably has a ton of meaning, meaning behind it. And I thought it was really strange that no matter how much time has passed after having Caleb's ashes spread somewhere, she goes and fills up a water bottle. I'm I'm going to be with Agent Bellamy and say, I'm not drinking anything out of that water. I don't care how long it's been. Well, even though we had some really good character development this evening, this was truly a setup episode for something to come because we got introduced to two new characters this evening. Oh, yeah. 
One in the way of Kevin Sizemore. He played the gun-toting, camouflaged-wearing guy coming out of the woods. His name is Gary Humphrey. Oh, man. He is on the scene. Yeah, and very short conversations with Maggie. So the question I had there was, was there some like you know romantic entanglement between you know Humphrey and Maggie at some point in time, or do their families know each other? Because there just seemed a little bit more curtness or shortness to that conversation. I, I think everybody's kind of intertwined in in this town of Arcadia, Missouri, that's portrayed on the TV show. And I agree, it was so great to see Kevin Sizemore again wielding a firearm again. I mean, he is definitely a pro at wielding the different firearms, like he did on Under the Dome before he had a accident with a firearm but that was due to the dome not to himself and now here he is with another firearm it's got to be on his imdb or resume somewhere that he uh is familiar with the weaponry but it's great to see him and it's going to be interesting to see how gary humphrey uh plays into the whole thing is he going to be short and curt with his conversations throughout his time on the show resurrection and what a great job at the end of the episode then this evening so we're you know, having Bellamy check out Dale's house and he sees the blood on the on the carpet as he's walking through to find Dale's body as it keeps switching back and forth between one person dying in the case of Dale and another person coming back in the case of one Kathleen Monroe. She is playing Rachel, which we know that somehow she's connected to Tom. And my guess is, is that if this plays off of the book at all, this is some previous girlfriend entanglement that um, Tom had with her back when they were, you know, littler kids. So we'll have to check ABC and find out, you know, how, you know, how long has she been dead? Maybe we'll say about it in the next episode. Otherwise, I'm sure it'll be on, you know, social and stuff over the next couple of days. I think if, if we look at one of the promo videos that was leading up to this, I think it may have said born whatever year and died whatever year and then we can just do the math not live on a podcast learn that from cliff ravenscraft do not do live math but we could uh, figure out then how long she was uh dead or what uh, age she might have been yeah it was one of those oscar promos we'll have to go back and check that out yeah and we'll have that for sure on the full episode later this week but uh my guess is that she's somehow like a former girlfriend of some kind yeah i picked up on that of course you read the book and even though things are different on the show than in the book i have not even read the book and i kind of picked up a little vibe there of that as well so where do we go from here what do you think happens next because i felt a lot of sides being drawn still in this you know between the you know the church workers the elders if you will and the pastor didn't even getting not even getting invited to the to the board meeting so it, it sounds like we're going to have some sides being drawn on who believes who doesn't believe and then, of course, what do we do about it? I think that's the biggest yeah. question still going to be coming. Yeah, having secret meetings at the church without the pastor's knowledge, this does not bode well. And I am all for Pastor Tom. He's one of my favorite characters on Resurrection. And, of course, now that we have um, Gary Humphrey there, he's another favorite because he's just super cool. And we know that he's probably got a fairly level head. Now, interesting, this goes back to one of the theories from uh, last week with uh, Jeff Gentry, who said that down in one of the holes, he could swear that he saw a nose or a face. And I thought it was a bag and maybe a bag over a face. And we find out that there's this weird, creepy mask. I mean, that was a very weird looking mask, Troy. Funny how you would say the mystery has been uncovered. Dun, dun, dun. And of course, with the article after Ray's UFO theory, it clearly shows that the bank that Elaine worked at was robbed. 
and now we have a mask and we have a bank robbery. So I think I'm going to win on that theory that it was Caleb and Dale who robbed the bank and the what was all gone was the money because digging up that many holes looking for body parts seems a little bit sketchy. So he's looking for money bags would be my guess. And they had to put a couple in each pile so they knew when, what to spend when. That was, oh, that's kind of like uh, putting it away, like uh, taking cash out and putting it in envelopes for your budget. They have a different hole for maybe each year they were going to spend it. That was a yeah. lot of holes. And tell me that it's all gone. Is that yeah, guy going to come back? Well, I was hoping from the uh, the IMDB uh, notes that uh, Saucier, who plays Dale, uh, was in a couple episodes. This one, I think the next one as well. But of course, it's going to be more as a corpse, not as a flashback, because I was hoping for a flashback of the robbery scene. Maybe we'll get that. I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get something like that. They've Plus, already was, had a lot of flashbacks on here. Yeah. And it was highly suspicious that Caleb was at the bank at Elaine's desk going through the computer like he's like used it like a million times before. Well, the Internet is was there originally, but now it's even faster. But you got to know there's something just not right going on. And you could tell even though Elaine is quite glad to have supposedly her dad back. The fact that he's just sitting at her computer surfing the web does not bode well for anybody because uh, he just has a bad looking vibe about him. And we have money problems. So because we have these money issues, we're going to have that issue there. So we have to keep in mind that, you know, like uh, I think it was Bellamy, right? When he was questioning Caleb, he's like, you know, you're kind, you know, people like you don't change, you know, you are who you are. So I'm going to be keeping my eye on you. And I'm sure that, you know, something's going to go down at the bank. I'm sure. Yeah. And I, you know, it is very difficult for people to change though. I do think people can change no matter what Bellamy says. On the other hand, I don't think Caleb has changed. We will have to wait and see. Well, we're out of time for this evening. Uh, we want to thank everybody for joining us in the chat room. Again, remember, yes. you can join every Sunday, 30 minutes after the East Coast feed at 930 Central, 1030 Eastern. We will be back later this week with a more in-depth review of this episode, Two Rivers. So make sure you tell all of your friends on Facebook and Twitter, even Google+, Plus, wherever you can talk socially about Resurrection and Resurrection Revealed. Have them come on over to the website, subscription links for iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, RSS. All of that stuff is there on the webpage, and we want to make sure everybody gets to hear and chat about this fantastic show on ABC. Absolutely. Also, make sure to send in your thoughts and theories, such as this is your show, the fans show. We want to hear from you. So send in your audio, record it right from your computer, like I mentioned earlier, even do it on your smartphone. Just go to resurrectionrevealed.com slash feedback. Also, you, the fans, help keep this show, quote-unquote, alive. So head on over to resurrectionrevealed.com slash support and donate a few bucks if you like what you've been hearing. And, of course, you can always leave the five-star written review in iTunes at resurrectionrevealed.com slash iTunes as our full episode will be out later this week with another special actor interview. Until then, I'm Troy. And I'm Wayne Henderson. Thanks again for hanging out with us live tonight on Resurrection Revealed. Resurrection Revealed is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Like Eric Fisher's Beyond the To-Do List, succeed in business and in life. 
Go over to noodle.mx and subscribe to Beyond the To-Do List.